0: Good morning, good morning, and welcome to your business in digital. Welcome, everybody. How are you doing, team? How is everyone doing this morning? Not as
1: good as you.
2: <laughs> clearly. Clearly. Clearly we're not as good as Tambris this, this Monday morning.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> This weekend, okay, so don't be mad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I did. I, you know, took a little trip Went, it was impromptu. Did a little Miami carnival, you know, shook a little tail feather. <laughs> so it was good. But Andrea, you also had your launch for the virtual CFO. How did that go?
3: That was really good. Um, it was really good. Um, we had a good time, you know, weather, some little weather challenges, but, you know, in Trini, we make everything work, right? I, yeah. I totally told, I told um the, 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 the person I was renting the place from, us. I said, listen, if it starts to rain, we turn it into a wet bed. At, at this point, <laughs> I can't do anything about it. We just keep yeah. looking at the clouds, looking at the rain drizzling, but all had a good time. We had a good yeah. time. I had some really good picks, um, which of course is the important thing, right? Um, yeah. And I got to do what I had envisioned, which was let the people know what I'm going to do and, you know, drum up some interest, etc. share my story. Um, never did anything like that before, but, um,
0: Look you
3: at know, you. Just time for everything. One of the persons who was attending is a friend and she messaged and she said, um, well, I've never attended a brand launch before. Like, so what do I wear? I was like, well, girl, I never hosted one. So we'll see where we end up, right? You never attended one. I never hosted one. We'll see where we end up.
0: Because I don't
3: right. know what I'm doing.
0: That's well, amazing. I
3: think it, I think it was it,
0: really good. That's amazing, you know, and congratulations to you on really launching your virtual CFO. You know, we've watched you evolve that brand. So we really appreciate where you've been. And, you know, a brand launches what you make it. So congratulations and can't wait to see more of the pictures shared on our profiles. And yeah, let everybody know. Let's get Andrea a round of applause for b- launching that new brand again.
2: Let's go, let's go, let's
0: go. <laughs> I was like, (laughs) "Is Nia asleep?" (laughs) She went back to. to (laughs) All right, okay, so let's get this show started. Kick to the intro, guys. I love everyone's like professional photo now that Michael has no sunglasses on <laughs> I was just like it looks so professional the intro is so great all right but let me get the housekeeping out of the way because I know we have to do this um so like in my mind eventually we'll be saying our sponsors need us to do this <laughs> right correct correct <laughs> I'm working on it I'm working on it I told you I'm back <laughs> replenished Oh, <laughs> All right. So connect with us, connect with us on YouTube, connect with us on LinkedIn. We are everywhere. Podcasts are, you really want to connect with us on YouTube because we know we're trying to grow that following. But if you are on LinkedIn, get us, check check us out there. We're at your business in digital. And what we do at your business in digital is we really help businesses translate what they're doing to digital. We understand that digital can be daunting, right? Uh, But that's why we do this show. And so you want to talk to a CEO, CMO, CFO. You want to tell them about this show, a business owner, because we know that they want to grow their revenue, really increase their business leveraging digital because they're spending a lot of money on it already, right? So we know that they want to maximize those opportunities. So listening to this show and working with any of us is really the first place to start doing that. So connect with us, connect with us, YouTube, LinkedIn, anywhere podcasts are found your business in digital. All right. So we got that out of the way. Um. And I want to do a quick recap because the last show we had was just amazing, guys, right? So the last show we had the amazing Jamila Bannister on telling us her story and... Oh, you know, she's family to us. And this was like so, so super relevant and so heartfelt. And if you did not get an opportunity to check out last Wednesday's show, I implore you to go check it out. Uh, Jamila was, you know, is, is, how do I even say it? It's so overwhelming, right? So Jamila is going through a journey with. Infl- inflammatory breast cancer. And she is at the, you know, she's in the middle of that journey right now. And she is sharing her story. She just released a new video yesterday, just explaining to people what is really going on. She's moving beyond the pink. And, you know, one of the things she's been doing in the past is really cultivating and curating uh, all of her digital products. And now that she's in this time of adversity, she has her digital products to fall back on and Sell and you know really build her revenues that she so that she can continue to sustain herself and her life while she is battling and fighting this journey of cancer. So we are here to support Jamila. It was really heartfelt. She gave so much information. She talked about through all of this. She talked about branding. She talked about the importance of tone of voice. As she's still going through this, she is still understanding the marketing elements and bringing that to the table because it's what she does so well. So. Follow her, check her out, check out her story, buy her product. She has a book, she has summits. uh, She has so many things, uh, 100 ways to TikTok, support her, buy a product because the other thing she's doing is working on how could she support other women with breast cancer and understanding the things that really matter, right? Sometimes we get caught up in giving away for the awareness piece, but really connecting to someone who needs the help and understanding how you can effectively help them is where you need to be. And Jamila is giving that direct advice to people out there who want to support people telling them exactly what they can do to help. Because sometimes we're giving money we're buying t-shirts, we're buying pins and we don't know that that money is going directly to people that are struggling going through the process that could really use that. So uh, please 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 support her, check her out. Um, Here is the, I don't have the link in front of me but we will drop it in the chat so definitely great show last week please check out the recap so guys i know and uh, there was so much so much it was so emotional for all of us but um we definitely pushed through and she is a she's a champion she's a champion i mean watching her is like so awesome i mean
3: her story was so inspiring to see her be so strong you know, and really, you know, take the, she's literally taking the bull by the horns and saying, you know, I'm going to fight and this is how I'm going to do it. And I'm still going to think about others while I do it. You know, I'm still going to think about how the movement itself could could benefit from some help. So I think that's really awesome.
1: I, I mean, Jamila is still Jamila, right? And she came out and branded it, her story, so well, the non-pink perspective. Um, I think we're just going to see more and more great things. It was great having her. Definitely tune in and watch that show again.
2: Everything you all said, and then what, especially with Michael said, I I could not help as I was listening to her story to put the Jamila hat on. Look at look at it through her lens and how she delivered the message, how she still taught a master's class in branding and how to tell a story as she was giving us her also oh personal journey. And, and through all of that, she still managed to teach us something. And uh, in the very Jamila way. And I just found it profound. So please support her uh, yes. in the business yes. way and personal way. But she's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Right.
0: While wow, looking super fly, right? <laughs> Taking the right. beauty whole other level. I'm like, I was just like, that face is beat to the gods. <laughs> <laughs> But she used to be a makeup artist, right? So she knows all the, you know, so, but I think, you know, that what was also inspiration, it's, you know, fighting for beauty and losing all the elements that are close to being, as we know it right here, eyelashes and still being able to pull together and really represent beauty on a whole other level. So here is her link, support her, uh, hit the link, support her, buy a book, buy something, um, you know, you know, support a wig for another woman, just help her get to the next level and you know support this journey because you know we want her we want to see her on the other side because she has great things to bring to us she continues to bring great content to us she's amazing and yeah we're here to support her all right so that's the recap guys so now we're moving on to the hot topics that's my that's me being All right, so what are we talking about with hot topics this week?
2: <laughs> we are talking about an entrepreneur who is in a space <laughs> that is bringing something old to uh, that is back to new. So, if you don't know Mimi G. Style, uh, she is a phenomenal woman who is has brought sewing back to the here and now in a in a fun, fashionable. Uh, hip kind of way for all ages and genders, and she is making a boatload of money while she is doing this. Uh, I came across her accidentally, was served up to me, I don't know, through a podcast or something, and and ever since then I've been following her, because like most of us, she is somebody who uh, has such, I have a very strong memory of sewing with my uh, with my grandmother and with my mother. I, I will say in, in the witness, in the photograph uh, witness protection program, there are a number of photos with me and my sister in similar outfits because my mother made the outfits. And as I grew up, I always had a sewing machine at home. And when I moved out, my own personal sewing machine and a couple of years ago, purchased a new one. So this was something that was near and dear to me as I could relate to what she was saying, but she brought those patterns that we were sharing into a new place. So now, uh, Neil, go ahead and move to the next slide. Let's talk about some numbers. As something that was uh, through a personal need of hers that was a hobby, she has monetized this and has created an entire enterprise that many people are following globally. She has 3.2 million followers across all of her social media platforms, 22 million page views, and on her uh, blog, 2.2 million unique visitors that are coming to her blog annually. And she's evolved into a seven-figure business. Now, while all of this sounds fascinating and is really lovely, the thing that I thought was most important as I keep seeing her across multiple places and understand her journey is that there's a lot of lessons for us in small business to take away. She has not uh, been an overnight success. She started this over a decade ago. She's a single mother of four and out of a need. It was a hobby of hers, but she turned the hobby and a need into a business. And she understood how to step forward and stepped into a space that was filling an unmet consumer need. And I think that's really key for us to understand how how are you, for your business, walking into a space and fulfilling a need, a pain that your consumers are not having met at this point. And within that, Who's your target audience? And where and how are they going to consume information? If you go and read her story, Mimi started in a place where she was doing something that we all typically do when we walk into this space. She was the actual person that was making clothes. She uh, reached out, solicited for business, had people come through and she was making it and then realized that that was not one, something that she could scale and, and sustainably do, but wasn't in a place that was where she wanted to be. So she changed that into a space where she began doing video tutorials, where she would show people how she was making specific clothes and then turn that into a digital uh, Form of revenue. She was having digital uh, sessions that she was providing for people to purchase. That eventually led into something that was much larger. She ended up with a Sew It Academy. She now has in her arsenal patterns that she makes. She partnered with Simplicity. Ended up with a broader audience. She has fabrics that she makes with melanated fabrics and uh, a center that's in Atlanta where they they provide these goods for purchase. And she's also providing an avenue for people to put their patterns out there as well. So she understood where she needed to go and who who she needed to focus on. Her target audience, she was really key on and she puts content out there. Everywhere you go in any of these places, Mimi G. style has videos, it has photos, something that's emotional for you to lean into, and she provides it regularly along with calls to action for you to purchase something in one of her spaces. She also has an area where she has expanded her visibility with those collaborations over the course of years. She has not only collaborated in common spaces like this, where she is involved in podcasts, she's been interviewed in a number of spaces, been on TV in many different places, and she's diversified. And I think that piece was the biggest piece for me. She was ready to scale and to diversify in her lane, in the sewing lane. She's got an iron that she created. She's starting to do shoes. She's got a book. She's got the sewing academy. And like I said, she's got patterns. She developed patterns. She's partnered with people. So she grew her business out of a small need and expanded it and has made several zeros in figure that's brought in revenue for her business in something that's gender neutral, that goes across multiple ages and is of interest to many, many people globally. So hats off to me.
0: I love her. I absolutely love her. I've been following her for about 10 years, right? So I actually was following her on IG. I think I started following her on Facebook or something like that. But I love her styles because it's always so, you know, she doesn't look like anybody else, right? And she's creating these great clothing. The patterns were awesome. And it's just being able to get that one-of-a-kind look and feel, right? It's not what's happening in the store. And it's still on trend in a very different way. So I love what she's doing. I've watched her grow. So I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm so surprised, right? I should be up to speed. But, you know, I was partying this weekend. Didn't know you were doing this, but yes, she is amazing, amazing, amazing. This was good. And, you know, she really hits to the heart of that thing of wanting something original, right? The the last suit that I got, I actually had tailor-made while I was in Trinidad because it was important for me as a business owner, how do I stand apart from everybody else? How do I not look like everybody else and take that to the next level? one? It comes down to custom custom items, right? That's the only way for me to stand out. If not, if I'm buying at the same places, whether it's luxury or whether it's um, Shein or whatever the case would be, I will find myself, I count how many people are wearing the same outfit in events, not intentionally. It's just my brain doesn't. I'm like, oh, I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. (laughs) Right. I'm like, there are five of them. That's Amazon. Right. And I can check where it's from. I'm like, oh, this is that, this is that brand. This is that brand. Uh, And so no matter how luxury the brand is, you just don't want to be seen the same thing with anybody else it moves you away from your originality and what she does is she provides that opportunity for originality even with a pattern because it means that it can be a different color a different look so really really love her so kudos to kudos to mimi and <laughs> i love that you did this
2: She's awesome. She's awesome. And for that very reason was why I enjoyed her. It was maybe six or seven years ago where I think I first heard on a podcast. Uh, She was a guest on a podcast. And then uh, Facebook was the next place for me. And I, I started seeing her there. And that's why I was so attracted to who she was because she, one, resembled the everyday woman. She wasn't a stick figure. She had curves. She had style. She was, you know, just a, you know, just an everyday person that I could relate to. And then her business acumen came to the table for me. And I said, she is somebody to watch. She is somebody to watch. And I was like, oh, a pattern? She's got her own patterns too? You know, so I was like, yeah, exactly, Tamara, because you don't want to in this day and age too, when there's so much internet purchasing that's happening, it's online purchasing. There's a lot of ads that are serving up the same things to many of us. And how do you stand apart? How do you, how do you separate yourself and have your own brand identity? And in your personal brand identity when everybody is served up the same thing. I don't want to see you in the same thing I'm wearing. That's just especially on a big event, especially in like your photo shoot when that those when you're paying for it, and two, that's supposed to last the test of at least a couple of years' time. And the last thing you want to do is see somebody walking up next to you with the same stuff on. So but no, a good hats off to her. She has really diversified. She was ready for it. She's expanded, and she has just made it as an everyday thing that you want to lean into her. You want to understand her story, her kids, her grandkids, and see her personal style evolve. She's now making shoes. I saw that the other day, and I said, wait, when did she start leaning? I just making shoes. When did this happen? And she's got a book. She's got a book out now. So I'm a big fan. I'm just a big fan of Mimi, and I thought it was just good and purposeful, and especially on what we're talking about today. I thought it was a perfect
0: time. We love this topic. This was great. We're all mm-hmm. hair fashion. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Any thoughts, guys? <laughs> it's like I don't, so know. I don't
1: know Mimi G, but, you know, jumped into this article, jumped to the website. And everything you've said is backed up by her content, right? Uh, her site is very clear. If, if I, I don't know, Sweet Academy, it's clear from top of the, to bottom. It's a good example of, you know, meeting that customer journey, meeting that customer on their journey, it starts off, you know, do you want to learn to design your own clothes? Right. And then it just goes through very clearly. This is who it's for. This is what you get, you know, all the objections, it answers everything in a succinct flow. Then on our social media, very clear, you know, strategy of mixing clothes made by other people, testimonials made by other people so it's it's a full engine that's running full on that's how you get to the millions
2: and she speaks to men on her youtube channel her husband is involved and he speaks to some of it and he will actually go through a couple of the t- tutorials because there are a lot of men who are now making you know in the business of making their own clothes and doing things there. And so she's pulled men into the sphere as well. And on the soil Academy, there's actually um, a, an option to, to, that's directly uh, related to men and them specifically to cater to their needs. So she is full circle children. I, I'm a big fan of hers.
1: You always got to love when you find that core need. Right. And you all talked about it. I don't want to look like anybody else. I pull something off the rack. It's one of 10 things, one of 10 of the same item. So, you Mm -hmm. know, every time I go out, the odds are, you know, and I just don't want to run into somebody. So really nice capture of of a niche market and showing that it's niche doesn't mean small.
2: Right. Correct. Correct. And I loved how she diversified but stayed in her lane. You know, her self-identified lane where she was able to shift and collaborate with many people. She she went from just selling a digital product to to also moving into a space where she was consulting. But you know, the the DIY world and that is a big thing. And she literally says DIY. You know, influencing. So pretty cool. Pretty cool.
0: And culture where we we come from a culture where we learn that's in in the caribbean very much like you michelle like your first set of outfits are like sewn right you go and they measure you and it's like always i felt like for for a long time i was just like everything i was wearing was like custom and and then you get to america and it's like fast fashion so it's like michael's like they're making 10 of them i'm like no they're making a million of them (laughs) A million.
2: I I shocked a couple of people. I'm dating myself way, way back when, but I have family members who are seamstresses. My, my wedding dress was not off the rack. It was sewn and made to me personally made to me. And we've done things like not just like pillow coverings, but upholstery. My family is deep into this, into into this space. So I, I, I I was I'm here with you, like, let me stand here and measure me and let this feel like it was literally made for me. So when I ran across Mimi, I said, girl, I got you. I hear you. I understand you. This is me. I, yep.
3: I mean, here in the Caribbean, um, same thing tomorrow. saying grandmothers, we grew up with our grandmothers sewing curtains for Christmas. We grew up with them sewing the cushion covers, you know, and, and your clothes and, and your uniform and, and that sort of thing. So it really does speak to, to that, to, to go back to that basic, I guess. But um, yeah.
1: If you know the term, never put two dots in that pants, you know what we're talking about.
2: <laughs> I don't know, you're
1: laughing at a way, Oh my god,
3: anyways, she will grow into a take. or the dots
0: exactly right. So that's that it means that translates it was too big but a year later <laughs> it still fits. so but it goes back to there's some sustainability in there as well right we, it, it was such a different life but Mimi's bringing that back to the table right sustainability for clothing and all that so I think there's there's so many layers to it so we love her. <laughs> we absolutely love her. So check. All right. We have to, we have to move on. We could spend the rest of the morning like this was the topic. <laughs> All right. Moving on to our one of our favorite segments, <laughs> our other favorite segment.
3: Go beyond, the
0: Go beyond the Likes is where we really take you beyond those likes and follows to how you get to that place of money in the bank. So this is where we really talk about more digital strategy and connect some of the dots and today we are talking about drum roll please making my own anymore but today we are talking about content distribution and best practices for a seamless customer journey right and the reason we're talking about content distribution is because we talk about content creation quite a bit Right, we're always talking content creation and what does that look like? People are always like, I don't know what content to create. Uh, I don't know what content to create, but we don't talk about the distribution and the distribution is about where are you placing, putting this content that you're creating? how are you maximizing the content, the longevity of the content, right? Because, you know, you put it on a place like Instagram and it has the life of what, I don't know, two hours. (laughs) If your friends, they don't see it, they don't see it to wrap. Um, So you want to be in a space where you're looking at not, I'm spending more, a lot of time creating this content, but how am I distributing this content? Where am I distributing this content? And how am I maximizing to really get everything I can get out of this content? Meaning maximum views on this content for you to understand that, hey, it has—it's people have seen it, they've engaged with it, they've interacted with it, it works, right? It kind of gives you the verification of if it's working or not. And that distribution is also you taking an opportunity to say, i spent so much time working on this. Making sure that it gets seen and people are getting your message, right? So, content distribution that's what we're talking about today, guys. What do you think?
3: <laughs> I think content distribution is, is, is almost like the engine, right? Because, like you say, we spend so much time behind the creating, and it'll be a shame if it goes nowhere, right? So, it will be a shame after you do all of that, all that effort, and it's not really maximizing. Um, and getting seen by people because the point of doing it was to be seen. So I think it's this is a really really important topic um, for for business owners to to um to, to grasp. And I I'm going to be in, t- in 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 student mode because mm-hmm. I I know that I am not maximizing my distribution channel. So I'm going to be in student mode, physically taking notes. All
2: right. <laughs> it is a lead generator. I when I when I hear it, it is to me, it's a lead generator. So. If you want to be on the shelf,
0: you got to create that content. You got to distribute that content effectively, right? All right. So let's jump into point number one and you know, let's 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 go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> All right, so we talked about that, right? What is content distribution? So content distribution is really about understanding the content you create and where you're placing it. And you want to look at, well, firstly, where's my target audience? So that's where you start because people are always like, Well, where, where do I start? Well, where's your target audience hanging out? Are they hanging out on LinkedIn? Are they hanging out on Facebook? Are they hanging out on YouTube? Right. So you want to make sure that you understand where your target audience is. And those are the areas that you will start distributing your content. Now, can you add other areas, other platforms? 100%. You can absolutely do that. But you always want to be testing to make sure my target audience is here. If they're not in that space, you can push content there, but you want to focus on those areas where the target audience is, because then you're saving time. The other thing about content distribution is that you really have to consider based on the platform you have to consider the sizing of that content right the form of that content right is it a is it 140 characters <laughs> right is it a paragraph is it two paragraphs is it a video what does it look like so content distribution also connects with the format that you're distributing that in. so and having a content plan, when you think about a piece of content, I want you to start thinking about that content in maybe 10 or 15 different ways. What does it look like in a blog? What does it look like as a post? What does it look like as you know a picture? What does it look like in video? What does it look like as a well, it's no longer a tweet. It's it's a a X tweet? I don't what do we how do we say it? It's forever
2: <laughs> a tweet. It is forever a tweet. Forever. <laughs>
0: Anyway, I'm not going to get hung up there. But you want to think about that content in short form, long form, middle form, small form, (laughs) wherever the audience is, you want to think about what's that message, because in some areas of the distribution, you're looking at that funnel. So you're looking at this is where I say hello what part of the content. This is where I, you know, on social media, I'm saying hello, and I'm introducing them to my brand, but I'm drawing them in as I draw them in. Maybe there's an email that flows with it and how much more content goes into that, right? Because the content is also, that's the journey that they're taking, right? They're taking a journey through your content. So the customer journey, the content is kind of the thing that drives the customer journey. So it's really important that you understand and that you create relevant content and you distribute it in the right way because that's what make pe- That's what makes people read, stay connected, engage all the things you want them to do with your content. <laughs> so we got Juma here. Great topic. I have a strong perspective these days. <laughs> yes, how it changes based on platform. And now it's actually called a post now. So, all right, on X it's a post. <laughs> so... Thank you for that, Juma, and thanks for joining us. So content distribution is key. What do you guys think about content distribution and all the formatting? So I'm going to kick it over to Michelle to jump in on this one.
2: I could get myself off of mute on this Monday morning. I think it, it... It, it's, it starts back to me where, where you began. Who, who, are you, who are your people? Who's your community that you're trying to, to speak to and get in the spaces that they are in? And that start It starts there in understanding where you need to be and therefore you'll be able to then assess what the size and what needs to be put out there, the content format that is imperative to, to be successful in those spaces and, and the plan that you need to sit back and put out before you even create something. Is, is big to me? Are you speaking to them in, in the the right personas, the way it needs to, in a succinct way to drive them back to whatever you want to have offline? Is it the email or the the many different versions of the call and response? And I think with Jim being here, he's actually um, one of the best people that I know that's putting some content out there because he does really well with the call and response and what he puts out there and and, and being engaged. And I think that's a topic that we'll discuss later on, but. I think it's on point where we are in the perfect time for us to talk about this.
0: Love that. All right. So on to the next point (laughs) as we move along. So point number two, point number two, what are the key elements of an effective content distribution strategy? So we talked about that before, right? The target audience is the most important key, (laughs) where are they hanging out? Where are they consuming the content, right? Once you understand that target audience, where they're consuming the content, that's what becomes really important because you then get to place your content in those spaces. The format also becomes really, really important once you understand that target audience. So it's really important that you move into a zone of creating that content and then also putting it into the right place and making sure that people are able to connect with it and have the time, spending time connecting with it and also paying attention to the the data right, as you're placing the content in those areas. You wanna look at that data. Data becomes an important part of content distribution as well. Because if I put it on this platform, are people engaging with it and how are they engaging with it? It can inform the content I create next and the content that I distribute in this place next as well too. Content distribution, you also wanna look at how do I almost like, how do you you parcel it out? Because sometimes we want to provide all the answers, (laughs) right? We want to give all 10 points. And that's just not how people consume content. So in the distribution of the content, you want to think about, again, that target audience, right? Because it has to be customer centric. And you want to think about how do they really take in the content. So we understand that people take it in bite-sized bits. And those bite-sized bits They bring them in, they bring them in. So the first maybe four or five pieces of content that you're providing you're distributing is maybe in bite-sized bits. And as they get hooked, they spend more time consuming your long-form content because now they're like, hey, this content is moving me through all the things I've been thinking about all the pain points I've been considering, all the things that have brought me to this place to even find this content, right? The other element that's important is optimizing for search. We talk about keywords here quite a bit. Keywords are really the heart (laughs) and fabric of your content strategy. We must understand what our consumer is searching for so that we can start creating that relevant content. Your content, you have to become the answer to the answer, right? The answer to the questions that they're putting out there. So that distribution, SEO and keywords become important because that's how people find the content. So you want to make sure that you're paying attention to all those areas as you are in that content distribution. SEO itself is a form of content distribution. Think about it, right? I put in a keyword, something pops up on Google or Bing or DuckDuckGo or... (laughs) All the search engines now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I remember when I just used to be like the Google. Now I'm like, let me give them all fair play, <laughs> right? So you want to think about that because SEO is a form of content distribution. So that's how people find you, and that's how they search for things. So I know I spent a lot of time belaboring that point, but go for it. <laughs> Listen, I could. I felt like
1: we, we three. Plus everyone listening was just in the master's class and we were just quiet, just taking it in. Right. Um, but definitely all solid points. What I'd love to add here, um, a key element of an effective content distribution strategy, just as in a content creation strategy is process. Um, that's, that's where we're going to get hung up. You know, we're like, Oh, creating content, uh, was yet after distributed. Uh, so, and we mentioned it has to be optimized for every platform that you're using, every channel that you're using. So, you want to have a solid process in place because the content is just driving to your core business. So, it's not your core business. We know that. So, you've got to have that process in place that allows you to create and distribute easily on a regular basis. So, this, an- this analogy came to mind, right? Because
3: I'm listening to, to this. And you guys are probably going to love. The analogy that I'm thinking about is think about chicken, right? And it's the same chicken. It's one chicken. But the different pieces are for different, the different platforms you think about it. So chicken wings do best as fried. Breasts do best as nuggets. And you, But it's the same chicken. It's the one chicken. And you're taking it apart and you're saying which pieces go best.
0: And that is what I, that is all that I are <laughs> you're, you're so right. And it's just so funny. I don't even eat chicken, right? When I was hanging out with my friend this weekend. And <laughs> after one of the events, she was eating some jerk chicken. And she was just like, oh man, I can't even, at this point, I'm so, well, wasted <laughs> that I can't tell if the meat is white meat or dark meat. And I was just like, well, what is the, <laughs> what is the, the difference to you, right? Especially at this, at this point, after a party, you're kind of like, is it white meat? She's like, yeah, dark meat just makes me feel blah, 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 blah. And she's like, you know, white meat is better for me. Blah, blah, blah. She feels ill when she eats it. She has all these things. And I'm like, the same chicken they give him the crazy antibiotics too? <laughs> I, the white part of it the white meat takes the, the so in my mind but you bring the same chicken example right chicken it's it's like they cut it up and then they here's the, the breast the wing i don't eat this part because this part is better right so people in the distribution of it people have said hey i prefer white i prefer dark i prefer this i like this and you're 100 right chicken is the perfect example. So what I want to (laughs) see is now, (laughs) Neo, we have to work on this, okay? (laughs) Because could you just visualize the chicken parts, (laughs) the distribution of the chicken? We should do a graphic, the chicken distribution versus (laughs) the content distribution plan. (laughs) I see also all the parts of the chicken. It it connects the dots, right? (laughs) Different people
3: want different pieces and different pieces just work better. You, You don't take chicken wings the only way we could use chicken wings is you know as fried you know you eat chicken wings with fries right what do you use breasts for you don't you wouldn't put that in, in a different in certain meals that you use it for and you, you do it in a certain way and the same way with thighs and then well you know here in Trinidad we eat every posse chicken right so we eat chicken foot as well right
0: so the neck the liver though
2: <laughs> I don't know how in America if you'll do that but, it,
0: everything
3: you know everything, waiting.
2: everywhere. Yes, we
3: do. Right. So we have. But
2: wing, though. I'm sorry.
3: We have the we eat the neck, we eat the foot, we eat the gizzard, and everything. There's a listen, no piece of the chicken goes wasted, right? So, <laughs> I think that's the way to look at it. Don't waste it, right? Where can this thing go, and what you know, what platform you know serves it up best? As Michelle
2: always says.
0: We got to get the chicken graphic, Andrew. You have to guide us through the chicken graphic, but the chicken and the content distribution graphic, it must come. <laughs> okay. We need 15 minutes to pull out together.
2: <laughs> I think that's going to be awesome.
0: It's going to be awesome. That's gonna be know. awesome. So on to point number three. <laughs> this is a distribution episode. It's turning into a cooking show. Exactly. It's <laughs> like, it's turning into, it's a whole cooking show. <laughs> how can I ensure that my content reaches my target audience? Super important here. Number one, you must understand what your target audience is searching for. What are they looking for? Where are their pain points, right? We talk about those pain points all the time. And I know sometimes people are like, well, I don't want to talk about pain points. That pain point, you don't is, is it, it's what they're feeling in that moment, right? So it's important for you to really lean into that, right? That pain point doesn't mean that they're in actual pain, but it's the thing that brings them looking. It's the thing that brings them searching, right? That is what's really important. You must understand what is bringing them there. And this is where you get an opportunity to become the answer. It comes back to, again, the answer for content distribution so many times will be, understand your audience, understand what they need. You have to really go into them and start asking questions. Once you curate that audience, if you're building an email database, ask them questions because they'll tell you what they're looking for. And you can start to use that to create content. If you have a frequently asked questions, if you have a customer service team, all those things, right? Start looking and understanding, well, what's happened? Where are the similarities? What question is being asked 10, 15, 20 times, 20% of the times? And that's the content you start creating. And distributing, right? It's really important for you to be customer focused. And that's how you get to a place where you understand how it will reach them. Because now, and also you want to understand the amount of people that are searching, right? The number. So the keyword, whatever it is, is it getting 10,000 searches on a monthly basis? Then that's the content that you want to start distributing. You want to create that and you want to distribute it in the right space. If Google says, hey, there are 10,000 searches here, you must do SEO. If you are on LinkedIn, for instance, and you start seeing hashtags that are really getting a lot of visibility or a lot of, you know, people are using it a lot, maybe asking questions, that's where you want to start creating and distributing that content. So it comes back to being really customer centric.
2: Okay. So this is a space that I live in with my clients that, it, and I go back to the beginning, what I said, two, two specific things. Give the people what they want. And be in the spaces, go where they, your client is going. When I say give the people what they want, is exactly what Tamara is saying. Answer the question before it's asked. You know what these are. If you are taking the time from the beginning before you sit in there, who is my target audience and why are they my target audience? What are you providing to them and and walk down that path? And you're able to answer those questions and provide that content in small bites that you may be able to have as chapters. Uh, Same thing as you see on TV, how many episodes do you need to have? It could be a five episode series where you're providing short form information that's going to have them coming back to you as a, a mini commercial, or you can then stretch it into long form in spaces that allow longer content. Maybe Instagram, maybe YouTube, LinkedIn, if that's your space or something like this in a podcast. But the goal is to answer the question before it's asked. They will come back to you over and over again. And you're now the expert in this space. You're the subject matter expert. And they will lean into you always and then buy from you because you're providing those answers before it's as if you just assumed and knew what they needed because you're putting that content out there. It's not as hard as we make it out to be.
0: It is not as hard. (laughs) So moving on to the next question. um, What are some of the best practices for enhancing uh, the customer journey through content distribution? So we'll say it again, customer-centric. It must be customer-centric. But you want to look at that multi-channel distribution, right? So as you're developing your plan, the multi-channel, where are the channels and platforms that are relevant? And where are, where am I going to place this content? And then you want to look at personalization. Now, personalization on these contents, sometimes you, you're, I'm not going to be able to say Andrea, right? I'm not going to be able to say Michael. If you're an email, sure, I have all those details. But in spaces, you want to be like, is it Are you looking for, are you asking the question? Because that's how we identify ourselves. Are you looking for a great digital marketing agency to help you get results? You want to find those things that actually personalize it. So that person is like, yes, that is me. I'm looking for that. I am that person. Ask questions. Find other ways to personalize. If you're in email and you're distributing through email, that's a channel as well too. But you want to make sure you do have that person's name, information, and you're connecting all those dots. So it's saying, hey, Michael. Maybe thank you for taking my quiz. Thank you for this information. Understanding the journey they've taken already to get this far with you because you've distributed that content and giving them what they need to continue along the way. The consumer is simply looking to get what they need and Either make convert, make the purchase because you are either making their lives easier, saving them time. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Giving some, giving them something that they're looking for. So if you're able to do that by effectively distributing your content, is going to be game changing for you and your business.
1: And when you mention personalization, we need to all understand that like, if we're in a B2B space, personalization is talking about a business as a person, right? So I might write content that this is for any business that's doing this type of work in this arena, that's a personalization as well. So when we say personalization, we don't just mean, as you said, putting Andrea's name, putting Michelle's name, putting my name, it's just about making the content relevant to that one persona, whether that be individual or a business persona. 100%.
0: And in every one of these places, you still want to look at the data, right? As you're distributing across all these channels and platforms, you want to look at the data. If you're on X, you want to look at the number of What does X give us now? (laughs) What are the metrics? But you want to look at those engagement metrics, right? Juma's going to tell us. On Facebook, you want to look at those engagement metrics. You want to look on Instagram. You want to look at your email. You want to say, okay, cool. So when I distributed this content across these platforms in this different format, the video got more engagement than the blog, but the blog maybe converted more people because they got to the heart of the answer. So you might want to see what's getting the views and then what's the next thing they're moving to along that distribution path, because we're still talking, see how we're connecting the customer journey, the funnel, all these things. And we haven't, I'm going to say it now, the sales funnel, but it's really coming from a place of, customer centric customer journey mapping the content pieces that eventually gets them to a place of converting your customer your 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 sales funnel is important but once you wrap it around that customer journey and that content distribution you are hundred percent putting the customer at the forefront of it and so your sales funnel is not this thing that it's just like this is how I get them from point A to point B to make a sale because as Michelle always says it's really not not a linear path. Right. And this content is the thing that feeds them, that convinces them this person is the right person for me. This is what is building the trust. So putting it in the right places and showing up in those spaces, maybe showing up in two or three places that they're in. They're like, oh, okay. She's on LinkedIn. Oh, they're on YouTube too. Oh, Okay. Oh, I didn't see this part, but I saw this. Let me go back and look at this. I wonder if there's a blog. Is there more I can read? Let me go over to their website. Let me take a look to understand if they're really that relevant. Are they truly industry experts, right? Because there's also the verification that happens. So making sure that you have the content in all the right places makes is where you want to be. Now, people are also looking to understand that tone of voice. Are you saying the same thing all the time? As business owners, we have to define our conversations. What are the conversations we're having? We're not having a lot of conversations, right? Even for this year, as we develop content, we're looking to say, hey, This content goes a little bit deeper. We talked about content distribution last year, but now we're talking about it on a deeper level, right? We're starting to have conversations now about AI. We're having those conversations on a deeper level. So you don't need to create new content all the time. You need to be going deeper with the content to make sure that you're building trust with them and they can say, these people are truly the experts, right?
2: Very. And Tamara, before we move on to the next point, I want to you know, put a sales pin on this as we're going through. As we're putting this content out there, we need to do two things. Make sure that it's easy to navigate through and that there is a call to action. So if, if, you, if you've pulled them in, they've, they've learned to know, like, and trust you, give them the ability to book and to, to to buy from you. Put that link and make that journey easy from that point to say yes to you and then move on to make the purchase. That, that's very telling about your sales journey as well. Bring them in, get them to know I can trust them to buy.
0: Yep. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's a really great point, Michelle, because the call to action, right? As you're thinking about your content plan, you want to think about maybe three call to actions, max, you don't want to have a lot of them at the top of that funnel or the top first piece of content that they see in your content distribution plan. What is that call to action? Is it download? So I get their email address. Is it read? Is it, what do you want them to do? And as they're moving a little bit more then you ask them to take other actions that you can that you can measure before you ask for the buy. So what you will find is that you're in a space where you're like, Hey, I know that these are my three call to actions. This first first call to action brings them into the door. The second call to action does this. And then the third call to action could be the conversion. It could be something else, but you want to make sure you're not in a space where you're giving them too many things to do. And those things that they're doing, it still has a tie back to relevance, right? It still has a tie back to, I want them, this is important to me, so I'm going to do this. And these data points will help you determine Is this content being distributed effectively? Is this the right content? Is this what they want? It'll also help you understand the platforms that are your top performers, your better performers. And then always in the back, you wanna be looking at where am I testing? What other platforms and channels that I'm testing for distribution? Where's my audience building up that I can start putting content in those spaces as well too.
2: There must be an ask. And everything. the ask may not always be a purchase. It may be click on to follow me. Move to this space because I'm in these other areas as well. Share with a friend or buy, but you always have to have a response and a call in every one of your your, your content distri- pieces that you're distributing out there. No shame in asking folks.: All right, so on to question
3: number
0: six. What do we got? Are you there, Neil? <laughs> what are some of the cons, some of the common hurdles facing content distribution and how can I overcome them? Putting stuff in the wrong place, right? This is every <laughs> every customer of ours starts off with like, so I was putting content on Instagram, right? Or TikTok, right? But most people are start on Instagram and they're like, nothing happened for me. And it's like, that's not the place, not saying that you shouldn't be in that space, but your target audience is not there. So the first thing you want to understand is where are they and are they engaging with it? The next thing you want to understand is if they're in that space, am I producing the right content, right? But usually it starts off with possibly lack of engagement. Uh, You know, are there any constraints, right? Did you give the right amount of content or did you, was it confusing? What happened to it, right? You want to look at those areas to understand what is a part of my content strategy that is not resonating with this audience. If you know my, 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 con. My customers, my ideal clients are hanging out on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on Facebook. I have a lot of them in email. If they're in that space, then you want to start looking to see if they're not reacting. Then is it the content? Is that the right content? And what changes do you need to make for that content? As you distribute across these platforms, what you'll start seeing is how people start taking the information in, right? When we distribute this content on LinkedIn, what we see is that we repos on my profile, everyone reposts on their profile, but we're also seeing a pickup on the Your Business and Digital page. People are going to the content, people are looking at the content, and we also get people reaching out to us, right? So that's also how we drive business through the show. On YouTube, what we're seeing is more pickup through search engine optimization as we optimize for keywords. So we're looking to see what's the interaction with the content, does it resonate, and are we in the right spaces? a lot of times it's about you may not be producing the right content and putting it in the right space right it's really really important <clears throat> uh, juma says i love the point you made earlier about how about now creating new content but going deeper always a good idea yeah 100% you don't need to create new content it's about going deeper with the content that's the niche right that's really the niche i found my content plan i found my cont- i found my talk track I found my sales talk track. Cause that's what it is, right? It's the sales talk track. And some of it is not just full on. You're always selling. <laughs> I'm selling right ABC,
2: now. ABC, always be closing.
0: You're I love it
2: I'm sorry. I just love it hard. You just, all this sales talk, I hear you going on with you.
0: Because all of it is about sales, right? That's what it comes back to. This is a sales journey mm-hmm. that we're on. All we're saying is that it's customer centric. I'm giving you all the things that you need. I'm giving my customer everything that they need to feel confident that I'm the right person for the job. I can do the job. They have an understanding of how I will do the job. They understand what my customers are saying about me, how impressed they are with me. And then they're building trust with me while they're on their little gadget at home alone thinking, hey, you know what? I want to work with that Tamara Louis girl. That purple hair is super duper fly. And I love her pink suit that was custom made for her in Trinidad. (laughs) I'm just saying.
2: (laughs) All of that. I think what's really important of what you said, too, is stay in your lane. You know, pull that thread, stay in your lane and don't confuse who you have uh, taken the time as a target audience to pull in. Stay in your lane. Make sure that they understand who you are and stay on brand message. What I find a fault that I, I typically see in these spaces is everyone's trying to be like the next person. And because they put out specific content, you're trying to do the same thing. It's okay to look and understand and learn, but not all—not exactly mimic. How are you showing your land? You're differentiating yourself from someone else in that space that's so very crowded with a lot of people. You have a goal and you're trying to stand out, not blend in with everyone else. And I think if there's one thing that I find is I'm watching people in the spaces, well, I don't know you, why would I buy from you versus someone else? Why would I give you my valuable time that I have very little of if you're saying the same thing someone else is saying and you're blending in? So stay separate
0: stand out from the cow. <laughs> you must stand out from the cow, the crowd, not the cow. Speak it, Michelle. Be different. You must be different. So important. Your content has to be different. So when you distribute the content, they're in a space where they're like, this is, this is what I've been looking for. It's answering my questions. It resonates with them. It feels right to them. Your content, as you're creating your content, it must be a reflection of your customer, right? That's what you're literally we're looking for mirrors as people when we're buying. We're really looking for things where we see ourselves. So my customer must see myself, they must see themselves in my content. They must see themselves that I distribute that content and be like, yeah, I have a problem, right? And this is showing up in the right space. So you're really looking at a true mirror when you're creating that content and getting this data is really, really, really important. Go ahead, Michelle, you are going to say something. And
2: tell me something I don't know. Tell me something I do not know. That's what I'm coming in the space for. That's why I'm seeking you out. Tell me something I don't know. If you're repeating the same thing everyone else is saying, then I'm going to lean into someone else or just swipe. Swipe left. (laughs) Whatever it is, I'm swiping. Go for it, Andrea.
3: So um, I I love that because I'm really, this part is really resonating with me because that's the journey that I am on right now. I'm an accountant and I studied a global degree. ACCA is global. Everybody's taking the same exams. I, I have the same qualification that, you know, other accountants have. But what is the thing that I'm trying to do that is different? And, you know, Michelle talked about, you know, answering the question and telling them something that they don't know. Nine times out of 10, when I speak to people, whether it be through a consultation or just in general, I usually get the comments saying, you know, no, nobody never explained it this way. Right. And I was like, okay, nobody, how, how, and I, I, they always come back and say, I didn't think about it that way. Two things they say, nobody never explained it this way. And I didn't think about it that way. And it's because I'm offering a different perspective and that's what, and of course, that's what led to the whole journey of what I'm doing now. But this part really is resonating with me because this is the journey that I am on to be different. I mean, it's not that, I'm, it's not that I can't do what an accountant does, but I want to take you down a different path. It's not that I can't do a tax return. Sure, you could get that when you come here, but that's not what the bread and butter is. That's not what my focal point is. And if you remember, Tamara and you and I had a conversation months ago, even since last day, I tried. There was some words that I, never, I don't want to say. Because I didn't want that particular type of client coming, because I wanted a different type of client who's coming with different um, pain points.
0: Hey. <laughs> Someone said recently, there is no best anymore, only different. Juma, you are in the building this morning. Hello, <laughs> <I'm> back. <laughs> I love that. So 100% Andrea, strong, strong points there. So on to point number seven, because I think we have a bonus point today. How can I use social media platforms for more effective content distribution? Start off by understanding, look at your social media platforms right now and understand the content that is relevant. Understand that those platforms, are, they, are people even engaging? Are they the right people in those spaces, right? Because many of the time, as we're sometimes distributing our content, we don't have the right ideal customer in the space. And that's where you need to start off. Do I have the right customer or do I need to cleanse and bring in the new customer, right? I was talking to a client the other day and she was telling me about, posting on Instagram, right? And it's usually it's an Instagram thing. (laughs) I don't hate Instagram guys, okay? But she was posting on Instagram and what she realized is that the people on Instagram were not the ideal target for what she wanted because when she posted, what happened is that they reacted to one thing and she posted something else. They didn't react to that. The one thing they reacted to was a little bit more like, hey, here's how we can give this, but they needed something in return. So she started to realize these are not my people. And we started talking about, well, where are the people that you're looking for? What do they look like? I'm like, well, maybe LinkedIn is the space because on LinkedIn you can actually tell their job titles, right? I'm not saying that it's hundred percent accurate, but let's just give LinkedIn for the sake of, you know, for the sake of numbers. Let's say LinkedIn is about 70 percent accurate. You understand who the consumer is. You understand their job. It gives you an idea of potentially how much money they're making. It gives you a little bit more of an overview, and you can connect those dots back to those target audiences. So you want to start looking at Are these social media platforms number one? Are they the right people in the spaces? If they're the right people, then you'll start seeing reactions from them, right? You will start seeing the likes. You will start connecting them to maybe a call to action to get their email. I don't hate likes. I just always want us to move and go beyond the likes to what happens next, right? And that's the funnel, that's more content distribution. If someone's coming in from your social media platforms, are you collecting enough email addresses? Are they resonating with the content and doing, taking those call to actions that you have in place? If they're not doing that, then you kind of have to readjust. Are you pushing them to your website, right? Because where's the journey move them from social media? You must be moving them somewhere. So you should be looking at what happened in the social media platform. What are the analytics there? What happened on my website if I pushed them to the website? What are the analytics there? How much time did they spend on the page? Did they download something? What are the steps that they took? And those are the numbers that matter that say this content that I'm distributing across all these platforms is the right content because people, are actually doing the thing they're supposed to do, taking it, reading it, engaging with it. And then later on, they're coming back to buy from me. Now, this is B2B or this is B2C. Now understand that the sales cycles are just simply different, but the content distribution is really what matters. And in the B2B space, you'll find that in that journey, what you're going to do is it's more touch points. So it's more distribution of more content. When you get them into the place of, maybe their email you're giving them more information this is where the white paper comes in right so you've now evolved this tweet or this post (laughs) this post into a white paper based on the same topic another distribution format so you're saying to them we've done this before here is how it worked here the results so you're taking all this information and putting it in the right place And that's the analytics that you want to measure. So that's how you test the effectiveness of your content distribution plan. And I know we're running a little bit behind. I think we have a bonus point. I'm going to run to the bonus point, give everybody else something to say, and then we'll go from there. (laughs) Bonus. So how can I leverage SEO in my content distribution strategy for a seamless customer journey? It's a long one. Okay. I say this all the time. I said at the beginning of the show, I said the middle middle of the show, know your keywords. Uh, it's not the keywords that you make up in your mind that you're like, I think these are my keywords. Go to Google, go to Bing, understand the search volume, uh, understand how people are searching for this, understand the words that they're putting in, understand how much on a monthly basis you want to say, On a monthly basis, I know that this keyword, digital marketing, gets about 50,000 searches on a monthly basis of that, when people search, this is the content that's coming up. This content is distributed across these platforms. But I also recognize that people are searching for this in this platform, this platform, and this platform. I wanna try to get in to get some of these people coming to me, really providing them with the answers to the questions that they've asked across these platforms, right? See how it comes back full circle? So you wanna be in that space where you're giving them the information that they need and it's all tied back to the keywords. It's about you becoming the answer because keywords are questions. We actually put them into the format of questions now. We jump into the search engine and we're like, how do I find an accountant in Trinidad? (laughs) (laughs) right? And what should show up is Andrea Raghu, the virtual CFO is blah, 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 blah. Here's her. And then that content distribution, she's on TikTok, she's here. So people can start choosing the platform that they feel comfortable with that you're showing up on, right? Where they also spend time. And that's how you're really looking at that distribution. But SEO understanding your keywords is really the foundation of your digital marketing strategy. Mm -hmm. So optimization has become more important than ever before. We cannot walk away from our keywords. We cannot just create content to create content and just put them in Mm -hmm. places where people are just kind of like, oh, okay, I didn't see that content. I don't hang out there. Know where your customer is and understand your keywords.
2: I think a big key of what you said from the beginning, there's two things that I say to my clients. Feeling and I think are not a strategy. You have to allow the data to guide where you're going so that you can deliver exactly what your customers are asking for in the manner and spaces that they are in. If you're not doing that and understanding that data so that your SEO is driving a lot of this, you're missing the boat in and as Andrea, I'm sure is about to come off and mute and say, you're wasting money and we're not here to waste money. And your regrets are going to be much larger. You're not going to be in the spaces or you're not going to have the right clients that fit the target audience that you seek. So you have to allow the data to drive it and not work on a feeling or an I think strategy because those are just not strategies.
3: Yep, well, Michelle took my point. Yes, you'll be wasting money. But um, I, I echo the sentiment of numbers don't lie. That's what I always say. Numbers do not lie. So what what are your numbers telling you? When I say numbers, I mean the numbers from your yes, your financial numbers, but what about these SEO numbers and your content numbers? It has to tell you something. It has to tell you a story. So you cannot make the decision based on feeling and I think and it has to be I know. I know that if I go on this platform, this is the I get how much of a percentage back. It has to be a number
0: right, in order for us to make better decisions for the business. 100%, go
1: for it, Michael. <laughs> oh, no, nothing to add there. I just, I guess if I had to add anything, being customer-centric means understanding what your customer is doing on any given platform. What part of the customer journey are they at when they're on that platform? So while I might be your ideal customer, what I'm doing on IG is not necessarily what I'm doing on LinkedIn, Right. What I'm doing on Facebook. So I may come across your company. I may come across a white paper on LinkedIn, but I may want to see like a, you know, I see some community posts from your company on Facebook, right? Two very different things, but very connected. So again, keep that in mind. What is your customer doing on each platform as well?
0: I love that because that leans to that we're not just all looking to buy all the time, right? So we're looking to be engaged. We're looking for that social element. And as a company, right, you still have to think about that personality of the company and how it connects with the personality of your customer. So really evolving that, right? Are you community-based? Are there other things? So when people are looking, they're like, they get a whole perspective of you, your company, your business, and your content. So that content distribution is super important, and you must understand, I love that point, what are your customers doing in those spaces so that you're providing the right content? All right, so I have like five, <laughs> I have five messages in the private chat, like wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up. I talked a lot today, I know. Wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up. Why right, sorry, I had fun. I was just too much fun. I'm recharged, guys. <laughs> All, back. All right, so... <laughs> All right. This was an awesome show. Juma, thank you so much for joining us. I have to go back to LinkedIn and make sure that I answer all those things because that's a lot of engagement. Uh, So you know what? Let's do the housekeeping first. Let's get it out of the way. So connect with us. Connect with us on YouTube. Connect with us on LinkedIn. Connect with us on anywhere podcasts are found. Spotify, Apple, Amazon. We're in all the spaces. Uh, but what we want you to do is we want you to tell people about the show, your business in digital. Who do you want to tell? Who do we want you to tell? We want you to tell a CMO about this show. We want you to tell a CFO about this show. We want you to tell a sales team about this show. We want you to tell a small business owner about this show. Because what we're doing is at your business in digital. We've brought together sales, marketing, finance, and operations to really have a holistic conversation about a business. And what we're trying to do is we're working to help you really translate your goals into digital, right? What are you doing offline that really works? How do you really achieve your business goals through digital? We want to make sure that you are seeing the ROI on digital. We know it's a heavy investment, right? You're spending money on advertising. You're spending money on building this online presence. So how is it working for you? You must move to the place where the conversation gets to digital increased my revenue by 10 by 20 this year and that's where we get you to here at your business in digital so thank you so much for joining the show this was awesome guys thank you for thank you Have a happy Monday and we will see you here on Wednesday. Wednesday, we have an amazing guest, Deborah Mitchell. She does video streaming uh, for businesses. So we love talking about video. I mean, we do video all the time. So it's going to be a great show. She used to be in TV. So she's going to talk to us a little bit about that transition to helping businesses do Effective video to drive their business. I mean, video is such an important part of the content strategy as well. And how do you distribute that? So look out for us on Wednesday with Miss Deborah Mitchell. Super excited. Have an amazing day, guys. Take care. Bye.